0: Let's all turn to Hebrews chapter 3, Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. And if we could please stand, after you get to the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, verse 12 and 13, if we could please stand to honor the reading of His word. It's only for a minute, not even that, actually. Hebrews chapter 3, 12 through 13. And if you're not able to stand, I'm okay with that. I understand it. It says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 through 13, it says, Take care, brothers and sisters, that there will not be any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another every day, as long as it is called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. God bless and honor the ring of his word, and you may be seated. Daylight Savings Time. Oh, Daylight Savings Time. Daylight Savings Time is not one of my favorite things in the whole wide world, but it is what it is. Now, you may not know everything about Daylight Savings Time, and a lot of people don't. and That's okay. It is what it is. But Daylight Savings Time was first proposed in 1764, excuse me, 1784 by Benjamin Franklin. It was kind of a satire. Uh, it kind of, it's somewhat of a joke, not completely though. And he uh, was kind of a joke talking about a way to save on candles. <laughs> that was their way of light at, at first. So he's talking about saving on candles. In fact, it was around that time, just a little bit later, that he talked about early to bed and early to uh, early to rise makes a man what wealthy, healthy, wealthy, and wise. You got all know about that, I'm sure. I want to tell you something. I've gotten up early. I've gotten up late. I've, gotten, I've stayed up late. I've done everything there is to do. I'm not that much wealthier, not that much healthier, and I'm certainly not that much wiser, except through the Lord's word, of course. But anyway, he was the first one to represent the situation of getting up earlier and uh, in saving on daylight savings time. Daylight savings time became a way of energy saving during World War I and World War II uh, for a while. Many states started using it in 1966. 1966, they started saving it and using it constantly. Not all states, but most did. And then in 1974, because of the energy shortage, because the energy shortage, uh, and there was a lot of that, blackouts and such in the 1970s. So in 1974, it, because of the energy shortage, it became the standard for all but one state, and I'm only going to all that, but it became the way it was. And it started in the spring, in the springtime. Uh, they started springing forward and... That was the way to save energy. and would help farming and all of that, you know, give you a little more daylight and all those things. And then the autumn, also known as the fall, because of the falling of the leaves and all that kind of stuff, they would uh, fall back, fall back into the regular time. You may always wonder, because we've had it most of our lives. I've had it my whole life, because it started two years before I was born, bicentennial baby and all. They say uh, fall back. But believe it or not, falling back is the regular time, the original time. And I wasn't aware of all that until just recently. But uh, so welcome to regular time, original time. We're back to original time. And so we have fallen back. And that's the title of today's sermon, fall back, fall back, fall back. That is the title of today's sermon, falling back. But falling back, most people do at some point or another. They fall back. They fall back. Many Christians fall back, many Christians. The lost, all the lost fall back into old habits, the old ways. They stay there mostly. They don't ever get away. A lot of times they think they're going forward when they're not. Many Christians fall back into the old habits and the old ways, the old sinful manner, fall back into the past that every Christian battles it one way or another. Every Christian battles going back, falling back into the old ways. I know I have. One minute I'm doing good, whether it be the way of weight. You say, well, what does weight have to do with falling backwards? Let me tell you something, brother and sister in Christ. <laughs> Gluttony is not a good thing. And sometimes I, my weight had to do with emotional imbalance, feeling good for a moment. But a minute a moment, well, they always say a moment on the lips, forever on the hips. It wasn't just my hips. Let me tell you something. It was all over the place, man. I have boxes filled with. Big clothes, small clothes, big, small, medium clothes. They're all over the place clothes. I've got rid of a lot of clothes this week, giving some to my nephews, giving some to other people. Some just went to the trash. It's like Why? Because I don't know anybody who would want really, really, really small clothes that have Spider-Man and everything else all over them. I just don't know. But the other point, or my family name on them. But the other point of all that is to say this, that um, at some point, there's just no place to put everything. But I know that I fall back and go back and forth and back and forth. And Christians battle this all the time, no matter what it might be in their life. We fall back and go back and forth. Many, not most Christians, give into it. The ways of the old, they fall back in some way or another. You're not alone. You're not alone. It's not just you. We all go forward, back and forth. Let's look what it says in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Oh, this is a verse. A verse to hang on to, Christian soldier. Oh, it's a verse to hang on to. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, and this means any person, not just a man, not just a male. By the way, a man is a male. I don't care what the people on earth say. I don't care what the law say. He's a man. He could be a woman or a man. Nonsensical. Nonsensical fairy tale stuff. If you're born a man, you're a male. You're a man. You stay that way. That's crazy, fairy tale stuff. Okay, therefore, if a man is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Old things have passed away. Look, all things come new. When we become saved by the blood of Jesus, by the grace of God, we are to become all brand new. But there is an inner battle constantly going on. We talk about Pastor, you talk about this uh, a couple times a year at least. There's a reason for that. It never stops. It never stops. What do we say? What do we talk about sometimes? We die daily. We're to die daily. I die daily, Paul said. And what did John the Baptist say? He said, He said, I was what? I must decrease. Christ must increase. That's right. We have to battle daily. I've talked about it before: the tug of war. Back and forth, back and forth. Oh, yes, it happens. Well, Jesus said this in Matthew 24, verse 10. He was talking about people in the, in the future, but he's talking about this, Matthew 24, verse 10. Then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. We hate ourselves at times. We hate those around us. In reality, we hate ourselves because we battle with the old, and the old battles with the new. And it's a constant. It's a constant. It's a constant. There's ways of temptation. But remember, remember, remember you're not lost anymore. You're not lost anymore. If you ever find yourself in a position where the old is winning out over the new, you best go to prayer. And I'm going to talk about some of that next week, about prayer, 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 and the importance thereof. It's like a meal, praying is. But the fact is, is, temptation is on us all the time. Temptation is on television. Temptation is in books. Temptation is in your friends. Temptation is in your family. Temptation is on the internet. Oh, it's on the internet. It's in stores. It's in your thought. It's in your process. It's when you're praying. It's everywhere you go, there's temptation, temptation, temptation. But guess what is in you? The Holy Spirit. You say, I don't know if I have the Holy Spirit. You better. You better, because the moment you're saved, the Holy Spirit has entered into you. Mm. Amen. Listen is what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. A lot of people will say, I can't help myself. I can't help myself but give in to temptation. A lie. That's a ball face lie from the devil. I'm not saying that you're lying on purpose. I mean, you are lying. You're lying like Pinocchio. But you're lying because maybe you don't know any better. Because you probably heard a lie on TV. You may have heard a lie from political folk. You probably lies on TV shows because I can't help myself. Or how about the flip wheel? The devil made me do it. They don't make you do a thing. He might tempt you. People may tempt you. Put down the magazine. if There's temptations. Oh, but the commercials don't. The flip through the commercials. Don't watch the show. if There's temptations. If you have a pastor, I go to school, and the girls dress a certain way. The boys look a certain way. They say, they don't listen. Don't listen to him. Walk away. You have an ability to say no. Even if you hear him, you have the ability to say no. You can help yourself. Even if the temptation is strong. Greater is he who is in you than he who is of the world. 1 John 4. 4. But listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 10.13. Here you go. This throws out every excuse out with that bathwater. Don't throw out the baby. Please don't throw out that baby. I love that baby. You're that baby. But throw out that dirty, disgusting bathwater. Here we go. First Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has taken you except what is common to man. All the temptation is common to man. But listen now. It's not done yet. God is faithful, and he will not permit you. Oh, he will not permit you. One more time. What does it say? What does Paul say? He will not permit you to be tempted above what you can endure. Hmm. Here we go now. When you're obedient to God, listen now. When you're being obedient to God, he will not permit you, permit you to be tempted above what you can endure. People often say, but wait a minute. I don't know if I believe that. Well, then you got a problem. You got a real problem. You can endure it because you're not alone. You got the Holy Spirit moving on from there. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. You have the Holy Spirit. Walk away. I mentioned it many times before. When Joseph was tempted, when Joseph was tempted and that gal, I won't say lady because she wasn't. When that gal was throwing herself at him and saying, be with me, be with me. Do whatever you will with me. He ran. He ran. He ran away. And rightly so. Listen, if you have people throwing themselves at you. Oh, the devil wants you to give in. But the moment you give in, he's going to say, oh, naughty, naughty, naughty. And then you're going to feel guilty of sin because you are guilty of sin. And he ran. Listen to what Paul said also in 1 Corinthians. And this is just a chapter before. Chapter 9, verse 27. Because in chapter 9, verse 27 of 1 Corinthians, Paul says this. Now, a lot of times people want to say, but pastors have a different call. Okay, we do. We have a different ministry and people do expect more. That doesn't mean more is expected of us in our Christian life. Okay, we may have a different calling. But god wants us to be obedient he wants you to be obedient that means when temptations come run run away don't go to it but you have more of an ability to say no no i don't i have the same ability you do folks i'm tempted every day just like you are i have ads coming up too but you know what is strong in me the holy spirit just like it is in you the holy spirit sells me philip look away from that crazy gal. Look away from those curse words. That's not to say I've never been tempted. That's not to say I've never given in to things. But folks, again, greater is he who's in me. Again, whenever I've built up my relationship, no, not me, but the Holy Spirit who's within me, when he's built up the relationship, but I've had to say yes to those things. I want the relationship to be stronger than my relationship with lust, than my relationship with lust of gluttony, with lust of lust with lust of anger, with lust of cursing, with lust of vile things, with lust of all these things, with filth, with lust of of, uh, money and all these things. I want my relationship with Christ to be stronger. And I know that there's a calling in my life that people are watching me. They're watching you too. No, I didn't say YouTube, although they are right now. But I'm talking about you too as well, Christian soldier. Listen to what it says. First Corinthians 9.27. But I bring, Paul says, but I bring and keep my body under sub- subjection, lest when preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. You might say, but I don't get behind the pulpit. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people are watching you knowing that you are a Christian, knowing that you are of the Lord. And the moment you say, I love Jesus, they say, you You, but you do this and this and this and that. And by the way, they're going to say that anyway. But if they have reason to to pause and reason to take pause, then you know. And you say, oh, wait a minute. But, huh, they might have caught me down at that shop looking at stuff I shouldn't have been looking at. They might have seen me back there doing this and this. They might have heard me saying this and this. You know the best thing to do if that was to happen to you. And if you might have said something, first of all, you're answering the Lord, not to them. Just be honest. Say, well, I." and by the way, I don't mean tell them everything you ever did. It's not their business. But say, well, I used to falter, but God has strengthened me. I may have fallen back, but because of God, I have to move forward. You don't have to answer to them, but answer to God and move forward because you will not be hypocritical if that hypocrisy moment is no longer in the case. It's no longer there in front of everyone. It is now what you once did. You must. You might have once fallen, but now you're moving forward. Remember Samson. Remember Samson. His eyes were plucked out because his strength went down, but at the end, he called out to God. And now his strength is returned. He may not have had eyes, but everyone else had eyes to see that the strength of God had returned. Amen. Oh, I don't want anybody's eyes to be removed, and I don't want your spiritual eyes to be removed, but I want the spiritual strength of God to be returned so that though you may fall back in your strength of God, you may return in the strength of God. Not to fall away, but to move forward. The ways of flesh. It's the devil. It's not God. Okay, so God allows testing. God allows it just like he did with Job. He may allow it, but he's not not for it. He's not saying, oh, I'm going to tempt you. People say, look what God did to me. God didn't do that to you. God didn't say, here, I'm going to put this temptation in front of you. I'm going to put that testing in front of you. He just allows it. He allows the devil to do it. The devil wants to keep you back. He wants to keep you falling back so that you can't move forward. Am I that important? No, you're not. God is. Jesus is. What you represent is. So that if you keep falling, 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 falling back, then the name of God can't move forward. That's what it's all about. I know I'm not that important. I'm not. But boy, my Lord and Savior, oh, the most important ever. God is that important. And so we fall back a lot of times. And why? Why? Because of memories. Memories of our failings. Maybe it's memories of how good things were back in the old day. And I'm talking about memories. Maybe back in high school, you were the top quarterback. Oh, I wasn't. (laughs) Maybe you had all the girls in high school, all the girls were your girlfriend, and everything was great then. You know the great thing about not being popular in high school? You have nothing to live up to. (laughs) Back in my day, I was a dork, and I still am. But guess what? Guess what? I'm okay with that. I got nothing to live up to. And that's okay with me. That's okay with me. I'm still me. But guess what? I still have the greatest living in me. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. I still have him. I fall back and I'll keep falling back. I fall back into his arms. You remember that test they used to give to you? I don't know if they ever did to you or not. This one I didn't care for much because I, I didn't mind so much when it was someone I could count on, my daddy or my mama. Oh, not my mama, because I was a big, big bloke of a dude, even at the age of 13, 14. But my uh when they used to say, just fall back and trust him to catch you. No, I'm big. But in school, they used to, you're supposed to do that, and some of those kids would say, You can trust me. And then they follow what they back away because they didn't so they didn't trust themselves. <laughs> Boom. But folks, if you have fallen back into sin and stuff, fall back in the arms of God. Because you can fall back in the arms of God. He will catch you. He will never back away from you. He will never leave you, never forsake you. God is there to catch you. So maybe it's your memories. Maybe your memories are keeping you from falling into his arms. Maybe you're remembering sorrows that you've gone through. Maybe it's failings. I failed. I know. So have I. So is everyone but the Lord God, Jesus. Maybe it's fears regrets. I understand that. I have a lot of regrets. Things I've done wrong, but I won't keep living in them. We don't have to keep falling back to those memories, those regrets. God tells us not to. Don't keep living in those regrets. You can learn from the past, but you don't have to keep falling back and living in the past. Don't have to do that. Maybe it's temptations, and they're different for everyone. But here's the thing. I love the movie Back to the Future. I do. I love it. But here's the thing about back to the future. If you was to go back and live in the past, you mess up everything. It's time to not live in the future, not live in the past, live in the present where God can bless you and bless your future, not live in the past where you're worried and sorrowful about everything that happened, not live in the future. Like, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. Stop wondering. And praise the lord god who is wonder and mercy and tremendous love he will bless you he will bless the every step that he wants to bless your feet keep following him first timothy 1 13 listen to this listen to what paul says to timothy because he is trying to lead him and guide him oh i love what paul says we're going to look at some, at some words here from three wonderful men of god and i don't mean wonderful that they weren't terrible at times in their life they were paul was a terrible man at one time. Peter was a terrible man at one time. And yes, John, the beloved, even John was a terrible man at one time. Mr. Sons of Thunder, his own self. Yes. All three of them. Let's look at 1 Timothy 1.13. 1 Timothy 1.13, Paul says this. I was previously, he's talking about when he was lost. I was previously a blasphemer and a persecutor and an insolent man. But I was shown mercy Because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. So are you. So are you. You may have done a lot of stupid, moronic things in your life before you were saved. You may have done it while you were saved when you're young and dumb and ignorant. You say, are you calling me stupid? All children of God are stupid when they're brand new. You're looking at the worst. I was dumb as a box of rocks, a bag of hammers, and anything else you could think of. But guess what? As I've grown in the Lord... So is my intelligence in the Lord, and not because of me, because the Holy Spirit, who lives within me, gives me intelligence, gives me all sorts of wisdom. I'm not wise, but He sure is. And He shows me, Philip, don't do that again. Look what my word says. Look what the Spirit says. Look what it says. Says, Yes, Lord, you're right. That was ignorant of me. But don't keep beating yourself up for it, big boy. Grow in the Spirit. Keep going forward. Don't fall back again. Move forward. Yes, Lord, you're right. You're right. You're right. 1 Timothy chapter 4, 1 through 3. Oh, I like this now. Now, this is talking about people. This is talking about people. This is what it says now. Now, the Spirit clearly says that in the last times, talking about the last times here, but it's talking about people who will walk away. It's not necessarily talking about backsliders in a way. It's talking about people who hear the word and yet won't choose it. And there's a lot of this. They won't choose salvation. They'd rather be lost. This is sad. Listen now. 1 Timothy 4, 1-3. Now the Spirit clearly says that in the last times, some will depart from the faith and pay attention to the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and in, in hypocrisy, having their con- uh, consciences seared with a hot iron, speaking lies, oh, excuse me, I already said that, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God has created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. He's saying there's many people who could choose Jesus. They know better, but they choose not to. They were raised in the way of the Lord, but no, not going to do it anyway. That's sad. I've known some. Raised in the church. No, I'd rather live in the flesh. Folks, how sad. Now, I'm not going to say whether they know the Lord or not, but I do know this. If you know better and do it anyway, Lord God, please help you. And I hope you turn around. Then there's 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19 through 22. 19 through 22 in 2 Peter chapter 2. I love Peter. used to be a loud mouth. But he turned around. It says, although they promised them freedom, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by that which a man is overcome, to this he is enslaved. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and they are again entangled in them and are overcome, here we go, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them, again, talking about people who choose to go back, choose not to be saved, it is better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then turned back from the holy commandment and was delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, the dog returns the vomit and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mud. People who know the truth and won't choose it, and they know better. That's sad. So sad. I know many people. John says in First John 1.8, 1 John 1, 1.8, 1 if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We do have sin. We know that. Even us Christians, we have sin. We, we we work against it all the time. But we'd be liars if we said we have no sin. He's talking about people who want to say they've never sinned. Oh, I'm perfect. I'm perfect the way I am. No, we do have sin. We wrestle against it. We know that. But I'm going to read to you two verses in chapter 2 of First John. I'm going to read it out of order. And then I'm going to read to you one in chapter 3. But there's a reason I'm doing this. This is what it says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 4. Whoever says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, talking about the Lord's commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. How many people say they know God? And that they don't live by the Lord's word. And we're not talking about, I know there's a lot of people, the old Jewish, and this is what the Jewish law. That's why I'm not reading from the book of Hebrews, except in the opening, because that fits. But in the book of Hebrews, a lot of people get confused. But the book of Hebrews a lot of times gets misused in that, because in reality, the author, whoever it might be, uh, Paul or whoever, was talking about the people who are of Jewish faith. And they can't be Christian and go back to Jewish faith, because you can't go by Jewish law and Christian faith. and continuously go back to that, or you have lost your salvation, which you cannot do. So in this, it's talking about, uh, it's talking about whoever says they know him, you don't keep his commandments, you're a liar. Well, that is to say, if you know God, you're not going to want to willfully, willfully break his law, willfully, continuously live in that manner, willfully, continuously lie, cheat, steal, do all those things, because the Holy Spirit doesn't let us do it. Now, that's not to say you don't make mistakes, but you're not going to want to willfully keep on going that route. We'll talk about that in a second. But let's look what it says in 1 John 2.1, because this is important to remember this and the reason why we know this. 1 John 2.1, my little children, I am writing these things to you so that you do not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate. I'm talking about Jesus now. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. You have Jesus so that when we make mistakes, so that when we do wrong, so that when we make a mistake, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, We'll say, whoa, whoa to you. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't cheat. Don't look at those things. Don't talk that way. Don't go that route. Hold to you. Don't fall back. Don't fall back. Move forward. Fall in my arms. Move with me. And we're to learn from our past, not fall into the trap of the past. First John. Three, eight through nine, because this is what it says in 1 John three, eight through nine. Whoever practices sin is of the devil. I'm going to stop for just a second. Does this mean that you are of the devil when you practice sin? Pastor said I'm of the devil. I look in the mirror and I don't see horns. No, this doesn't mean that you're the devil. What this means is you're falling for the trap of the devil. It means that you're following the temptations that the devil is putting upon you. It means that you need to be careful because the devil has caught you in a trap. And you're listening to the temptations of this world. Remember what I said before, he who's in you and he who's of the world. Be careful. Be careful. Okay. So as I said in 1 John 3, 8 and 9. Whoever practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was revealed that he might destroy the works of the devil. Mm -hmm. Whoever has been born of God does not practice sin, for his seed, not Jesus now, his seed remains in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. Does this mean that we fall back and we aren't saved? No, it doesn't mean that. It means you can't sin happily. It means you can't sin happily without feeling guilty of the Holy Spirit. This doesn't mean you can't mess up, but it means you can't do it without feeling regret. I've known Christians who have sinned. They said, I feel so good at the moment when I'm sinning in the old flesh. But then the moment I did it, God did something to me. I felt so bad. I cried all night. Good. You know what that means? That means you love God and God loves you. That means God sent something in you, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said, oh, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. But I love you enough not to let you get away with it. Hmm. Think of a bank robber. That's the devil. The bank robber. He broke in just fine. Broke in. to steal the riches of God's glory. But here's the thing. He broke in. They come in, but there's that little laser. That little laser is foot hit it. Or the, the, you can see the glory, the, the happiness, that little bag, you know. Get that laser and you hear, ding, 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 ding. That's the Holy Spirit telling you, okay, he got in. You let him in, by the way. You open that door. Let him in. You heard it before you got in. You heard the little ding, ding, ding. And you said, uh-oh, because the Holy Spirit already told you, don't let him in. You open the door. You're the security guard. The Holy Spirit's own security guard and told you not to let him in. You said, come on in. Welcome to the practice right. But it's not worth it. The price is not right, is it? It took your joy, took your happiness. I told you a couple weeks back, happiness, happiness, it's not worth it. And you let him take it for just that moment. But guess what? God isn't going to let you stay that way because he's just going to hold you. If you fall back in his arms, he's going to hold you, make you feel all good again. Just don't go back. Don't go back. Don't fall back to Satan. Don't do that to yourself. Now I could read you a whole lot I won't, but I'll just read you a couple more things. Harvest time is here. It's time for fall. What is harvest all about? It's about laying down the old you. It's about laying down the old self, the old dead us. When it's time for harvest, the old dead seeds, the old dead part of the plants and all, that they're dead. dead. That time of growth is gone. That's the old dead us, the old sinful us, it's gone. It's time for new life to spring up. It's time for new life to spring up. Now let's turn to the book of Romans, chapter 6. We're going to read chapter 6 of Romans 1 through 14. Because it says this in Romans chapter 6, 1 through 14. I have so many of these things highlighted. I could read the whole thing. I won't. I could read you uh, chapter 5 through <laughs> 9 or 12, or whatever, all highlighted, but I'm not going to do it. Chapter 6, 1 through 14 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may increase? God forbid. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Do you not know? that we who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, so shall we also be united with him in the likeness of his resurrection knowing this, that our old man has been crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed, and we should no longer be slaves to sin, for the one who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death has no further dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey in its lusts. Do not yield your members to sin as instruments of righteousness, but yield yourselves to God as though you are alive from the dead and your bodies to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Hallelujah. You're not under uh, that sin anymore. You're saved. You're saved. You're saved. You're saved. You don't have to fall back anymore. You don't have to fall back to sin. You don't have to fall back to the old ways, to the old ways, the old memories, the old sorrows. The old failings, the old fears, the old regrets, the old temptations. And I know it's different for everyone, but you don't have to fall back anymore. You can do what? You can spring forward. Pastor, it's a long way for a spring. Not in your spiritual sense. You can spring forward to a spiritual, in the spirituality, you, you, you can grow. You're to be grown. You're to be grown in a brand new you that Christ is building every single day and every moment of the day. As it says in Romans chapter 13, verse 14, chapter 13, verse 14 of Romans, it says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. And by the way, when we use the word lusts here, and I know I've said it before, but lust doesn't just mean a sexual sense. It means all sorts of things. It could mean it could mean alcoholism. It could be mean oh drugs. It can mean it can mean something of gluttony. It can mean uh, gossip. It can mean talking bad about other people. It can mean whatever it is that you have a problem with. I may have, I may have touched that button. I may not have. It might mean that you're putting something before the Lord. I have no idea. I don't know everything you deal with. It. But God does. I know there are times that I put things before God. And it calls me out on it. It might be the silliest thing in the world. But it's not silly if you deal with it. It's not silly if it's something that you have a problem with. If it's not it's not silly if it becomes a God to you and a problem for you, and something you keep falling back to. But I know you can spring forward and fall into the arms of God. Because He wants to pick you back up and help you to grow. That's what God wants. And even though This is something that's going to help next week. I'm going to go ahead and read it to you because it can help you every single day. And that's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 through 18. And this is what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 17 through 18. It says, pray. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus concerning you. I say this to you because when Christ is building you up. And you're not falling back. But falling forward into God's arm to build you up. To you spring forward. You don't have to worry anymore. You don't have to worry anymore. You may say I don't have time for that. Yes you do. You don't have time not to fall forward and spring forward in God's arms. You don't have time. Otherwise, you'll be held back for years, years and years. And I know I've done it. And so and so many other people. I've seen people say, "I can't defeat alcoholism. I can't defeat. I can't defeat the obsession I have with sex. I can't defeat the obsession I have with pornography. I can't defeat the obsession I have with vile language, with violence, with with all sorts of these guilts that I have. Whatever it might be, with gluttony." with obesity, with whatever it might be that you might have today, with wasting my money, with wasting my time, with being with people I shouldn't be with, with whatever it might be. Folks, you don't have time not to fall forward into God's arms. You don't have time not to. You have to give yourself to God, and he will help you. I promise. And the last scripture we have today, is in the book of Jude, which only has one chapter. Only has the one chapter. But it says in Jude, this is Jesus' brother, Jude. And Jude says in, chapter, in verse 24 and 25. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory. With rejoicing to the only wise God, our Savior. Be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Why does it say only wise God? Because people at the time had many, many, many false gods. And I say this to you: there are people now who put so many things before God, and that becomes a God to them. And I'm telling you. Bring yourself to God today. Bring yourself to God. Don't fall back to the things that are holding you back. Fall forward to the arms of the Lord. He's here to catch you. You can trust him so you can spring forward. Because God wants you to grow. not continue to be held back. If you have fallen, it's okay. God can help you and you will grow forevermore. Let's bow in prayer. Dear Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you understand us. You understand all of our weaknesses, every single one of them. You understand the things that are holding us back, that we have fallen back to. You understand, Lord, everything that we have allowed to keep us from growing in you. But Lord, I also know that you're going to show us the things that we need to give to you today. Maybe it'll be tonight. Maybe it'll be right now as we come forward today. But Lord God, I pray. That you will strengthen us at this very moment, not to be afraid to call to you tonight and today. But Lord, every single day that we will allow you to take the things away from us that have continued to keep us from being strong in you. And you completely understand the weaknesses in our lives. But Lord, I also know that you can turn it around to give us strengths and even use it in other people's lives to make them stronger. Not that we make them stronger but you, Lord God, can make us strong. I pray for all this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.